he came down and he humbled himself and took off his deity because a man, a great man, Adam, was a superman until he fell into sin. But that man sinned. And because of their sin, Adam and Eve, sin, sin came into all the world. That sin made sin come into all the world. And Jesus had to come down and humble himself and take off his God deity, even though he was God, the God-man here on, on earth. Everything he did, he did as a man. So everything Jesus did, we could do. Although I don't want to die on the cross, I just soon not do that part. But he said, these things that I do, you can do. And we're celebrating that, that God's love is so awesome that he could have just said, forget it. In fact, Marty and I talk sometimes and wonder why he doesn't sometimes just say, forget it. Because when you see how many people want to do their own thing, and they don't want to serve God, and they don't want to love God, and they don't want to respect God, and right now we're living in a generation that's like Jesus. It's like he's like a curse to them. They don't want anything to do with Jesus. That's not you, though. You're saying you love him. So my message is all about the cross today. So, Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, almighty God, for signs and wonders and miracles to be done this morning. There's people that came here today that need healings. They need deliverance. They need to come back to the message of the cross. They need to get on fire for God. So, Lord, do what you want to do today. Get Joan Pierce out of the way. Holy Spirit, take over the service, and I will do what you tell me to do. And Jesus, you're here because your word says where two or more are gathered. Here you are in the midst of us. You are our most welcome guest, dear Jesus. We welcome you. I want everybody to say, welcome, Jesus. I want you to say, welcome, Holy Spirit. Whatever you want to do, say it. I'm open in Jesus' name. And all the glory and all the honor will go to God. So turn with me in your Bibles to, go with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 20. chapter 23 and we're going to start just a short message this morning we're going to start in verse 33 and I'm going to jump around a little bit but that's okay it all makes sense and when they had come to the place called Calvary they, there they crucified him which is Jesus and the criminals one on the right hand and the other on the left hand. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Now, I'm just going to stop there for a second. You've got to remember that there's a mob of people, a mob of people that he walked through, preached to. They saw miracles. They saw the bread being multiplied. They saw all kinds of mighty miracles. And now those same people that were in some of those crowds are in this crowd saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Because they've been paid to say, crucify him, crucify him. And what does he say with people spitting at him, mocking him, laughing at him? And even what he had to go through even before he got to the cross, when they put a crown on his head and mocked him. And they said, oh, Hail Jesus, and they put a robe on him, and they made fun of him. He had to take all of this 
horrendous persecution because he did it for you. He did it because he loves you. He loves you so much that he went and he said in the garden, he said, Father, if it's possible that I don't take this cup, but not my will, your will, because he knew, he knew if I don't go to the cross, if I don't go all the way to the cross, there is no hope for humanity. There was no hope for you. He did it for you. He did it for me. He did it for the ones that aren't born yet. He's done it for the people throughout generations. And he did it because he knew. And his sweat was so much that it dropped blood because he was in such agony. But he said, not my will, yours. And now he's between two criminals and he's on the cross looking at the mobs that are yelling at him. And he says, Father, what love? You know, Amazing Love, that song you sing? What love with his back ripped open from a cat of nine tails and blood running from a crown in his head. He was whipped, and it says in Isaiah, he was whipped so much that he didn't look human, that his body didn't look human. I have one book left, I think. It's called, um, I forgot what it's called. It's on the book table. But anyway, it's all about, and I have in there about how he got whipped with a cat of nine tails, that it actually had bones on it, and it just ripped the flesh off, and that there was, the flesh was so ripped that it was all the way down to the bone, in your, and the flesh was ripped right off of him. And there he'd been through all of this, and instead of saying, cursed are all you, look what you did to me. No. You see, we need to know how to walk And the God kind of love, that God loved us so much that he sent his son to go through all this pain. Would you let one of your sons or daughters go through all of that for somebody else? Of course not. But God did. He sent his son. He said, I know what you got to go through. I know what they're going to do to you. But you got to go through it. And Jesus, I'm willing. I'll do it. For God so loved the world that he sent his son so that you can have eternal life. And instead of being upset, he looks out at the crowd with blood running through his, and his body in such agony. And he says, Father, love and compassion, not yelling, Father, oh, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And you know what? He's still saying it. He's still saying it to the atheists. He's still saying it to the Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, Hindus. He's still saying it to the drug addicts. He's still saying it to those that are laughing at him, mocking him, even some of the politics that are laughing and mocking uh, Jesus. He's still saying it. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I'm going to share a little story, and I'm going to get on with the message. There was a young evangelist that got to go preach. And he got to preach in Alcatraz. Oh, no. I mean, um, what's the one on the, on the, in the ocean? San Quentin? No, Alcatraz. Alcatraz Island. And, uh, and that's before it closed down, and now it's just a tourist thing. But the young evangelist went and preached, and there was, like, lots of inmates. There. These are where the worst murderers in the whole wide world are, where they put them in the, in the United States. And he preached his heart out. And only one man, one 
one person in that prison came and stood in front of him and said, Dear Jesus, come into my heart. It was an old man, an old, fairly old man. And so when, he, when the guards took him out and the people took him out and they got in the boat to go back into San Francisco, they said, Why are you so depressed? He said, Well, I really wanted to see more get saved. He said, because young pastors, young evangelists, that's all they care about is souls, souls, souls. And he said, I really wanted to see more come to Jesus. And only one man came. He said, but yeah, but that man is Al Capone. Does anybody know who Al Capone is? Al Capone was one of the worst gangsters that ever lived on planet Earth. But you see, in spite of how bad and how many people he murdered and how bad he was, God's mercy and God's forgiveness is there for every single person. doesn't matter how bad you are. It's not what. It's what decision you make. So I'm going to read on. In verse, verse uh, 39, it says, And one of the criminals who was hanging blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ." Save yourself and us. But the other answered and rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing that you are under the same con con condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive our due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. They both died. All three people died that day on that cross. One went straight to hell. The one that mocked him. And yet, he could have accepted Jesus right there on the cross. So right there on the cross, Joe, God is showing us the heart condition of people. Some people want to reject Jesus and say, I don't want nothing to do with Jesus. Don't you tell me about Jesus. I don't want to hear about Jesus. Don't. And they reject Jesus and reject Jesus and reject Jesus. And Jesus, maybe even some of you, they reject Jesus. And he never gives up. He keeps pulling on your heart. He never gives up on people. He's always going to put people in your path to talk to you about Jesus. You can keep rejecting and keep rejecting until you die. And then you pay the consequence. Or you can receive him. You know, some, some I love it when people receive Jesus when they're five and six and seven and eight. Then they don't have to go through so much stuff because they get the basics of Jesus. But so here's, here's a, a witness of two people, two types of people, those that will reject Jesus and those that will say, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, the difference of the two men is one was cursing him and the other one was asking. You know how easy it is to come to Jesus? It's just simply ask. That's it. Ask and receive. You know, we make it too hard for people. I mean, all they have to say is, Jesus, I believe in you. I ask you, Jesus, to save me. Jesus, save me. Help me. Heal me. Do whatever you want to with me. And God hears that heart cry. He hears that heartfelt cry, and you're saved. 
You might have not come to an altar. You might have just said that in your car or in your house or wherever or at a church or maybe watching something on television. But you know what? God sees. And here's an example of it. Go with me now to John 19. John 19 in verse 28. And after this, Jesus, knowing all these had been accomplished and the scriptures might, were fi fulfilled, he said, I thirst. And a vessel of sour wine was given to him and lifted on a sponge of sour wine and on a pole and to his mouth. And when Jesus had received it, the sour wine, he said, it is finished. So when Jesus said at the end of that scripture, it is finished, what he was saying to all of us is there is nothing else I have to do, nothing else I can do for human beings. I finished it. So when people tried to say there's more stuff, no. Jesus said, I did everything God told me to do. I obeyed my father even to the point of death. And when I say it's finished, it's finished. There is no other Savior coming to save you. There is no other plan. There is no other way. He is the way. He is the truth. There is no other way. And when he said it's finished, that means it is finished. That means everything you need from salvation to healing to deliverance to marriage problems to financial problems, any problem you have on planet earth, he took care of it on the cross. And when he said finished, there is nothing else that I can do. I have done it all for you all on this cross. By his stripes, you were healed. You were set free of demons. The crown of thorns that was placed on his head, even though they mocked him, represents that he said, you can be a royal priesthood. You can be a peculiar people. I give you all royalty. I gave you royalty. I made a covenant. See, what we don't realize, it's a covenant. I made a covenant with my blood. No more do we have to have the blood of lambs and goats. I made a covenant with you with my blood. Therefore, anything you're lacking, I have it for you. I gave you the keys to the kingdom of God and anything you need from heaven when you call on my name, when you ask me into your heart. I have no shortage in heaven, no problems in heaven, no sickness in heaven, no disease in heaven, and I will give it to you. That's why he said, it is finished. He paid the ultimate price for all mankind, and he's still doing it. And his blood speaks very loud. And he wants you to know that that's what he wants. And he wants us to know that it's finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. And he gave up his spirit. They didn't take it from him. People say, oh, look, they crucified. No, he gave it up. He could have called 10,000 angels. And those angels would have come and taken him off the cross. No, he went there willingly knowing and seeing you in the future. Seeing you in the future. While he was on that cross, he was seeing you. He saw everything that you were going through. Turn with me to John 20, and we're going to go to verse 27. Now, we know that Jesus, three days later, 
Mary Magdalene comes. The stone has been rolled away, and Jesus rose from the grave. He came back to life. He rose from the grave. Actually, you never die because you don't really die. Just want to let you all know. You don't die. You just change locations. We are eternal beings. You're going to live forever. Your spirit is going to live forever. Your body's going to die, but your spirit is going to live forever, either in hell or in heaven. And you're going to live forever and ever and ever, which is a long, 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 long time. So you might want to be at the right location. And he goes here. So now he's risen and he's seen his apostles. And in verse 27, then he said to Thomas, remember Thomas? Thomas did not believe when, when Mary Magdalene came and the apostles said, he's arisen. They go, oh, no, no, I'm going to believe it. I'm not going to believe it unless I see it with my own eyes, right? How many people are still that way? I'm not going to believe in this God unless I see God. I'm not going to believe it unless I see this. I'm not going to believe it unless I see this or that. Well, that was Thomas. And doubting Thomas, they call him. The poor guy's going to have to live with that forever. But anyway, and it says, and, and he said to Thomas, reach your fingers here and look at my hands and reach your hands here and put them in my side. Do not, do not believe, uh, be unbelieving, but believe. So he's telling him, you unbelieving, don't unbelieve, believe. And then he goes on and said, and Thomas answers and said to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus says to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And that's you and me. You haven't got to see Jesus. You didn't get to put your hands in his ribs where he'd been spared, uh, pierced. You didn't get to put your hands in his hands where the blood, where the hole was. But yet we believe. And what Jesus is saying, there's going to be thousands and thousands of thousands of people, Thomas, that are going to come to me just because of faith. See, you can't come to Jesus unless you have faith. You can't get healed if you don't have faith. You, everything is believe, only believe. All things are possible to them that believe. Whatever, because, but it's not just believe. You have to believe in the finished work of the cross of Calvary and what Jesus did for us. Go with me to my next scripture. When Jesus died on the cross, I want to share this. When Jesus died on the cross, it was darkness. Now, you need to cover this. It's very important. The Holy Spirit says, don't get ahead of yourself. When Jesus died on the cross, it was darkness for many, many hours. I think from 9 till 3. No, 12 to 3. Three hours, right? Three hours. I asked the Holy Spirit one time because I saw that it was total darkness. And I, and I mean, it was like total darkness when he was dying on the cross. This is before he said it was finished. This is while he was on the cross. I asked the Lord one time, I said, God, why did you have it go total darkness for those three hours while he was on the cross? And this is what the revelation God gave me. I don't have no scriptures to back it. I'm just telling you what God told me. He says, for those three hours, 
I turned my back on my son. And for three hours, I knew he had to feel and experience every sin and every sickness and every disease that any human being would have. And I wasn't going to let him be watched and mocked by the crowds while he went through these three hours. So for three hours of total darkness, your sin, my sin, everybody's sins were placed on his body. And not just sins were placed on his body. Cancer was put on his body. Tumors were put on his body. Uh, every disease imaginable to man, any sin that any person's ever done. And so his body was on the cross distorting turning into tumors and cancer and this and that and this and that. And so for those three hours, he took everything. And God couldn't look on his son. And he didn't want the people that had been mocking him to look. Well, he took their sins and your sins and my sins and your sickness and your pains and your poverty and at that moment, when that was over, the curtain in the temple ripped wide open, meaning no more do you have to go through priests. I'm just going to share a little side story. Some of you might be Catholic, but you know what? I was raised Catholic. I'm, I'm just going to say this. After I got saved, I was bold, a bold Catholic. Okay, I was still Catholic for a few, few months. And so I went to the priest, and I said to the priest, Face to face, because now I'm a bold Catholic, so I don't have to go behind the little curtain. And I know that some of you don't understand Catholic Church, but anyway, they had a little curtain so you, they don't see you and you can't see them. But now I'm bold because I just got saved. So I go to the priest and I say, I can do face to face comfort, uh, face to face now. So I get in with the priest. And, and now I've been in, I didn't know how to read, but I'd been listening to the Bible and listening to the Bible and listening to the Bible. So the, I got the word of God in me now from the, from the Bible. So I start to say to the priest, because you're supposed to say, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. And all of a sudden I try to say it, and the Holy Spirit says, call no man Father, but your Father who is in heaven. And I was like, really? How am I going to say what I'm supposed to say? I said, what can I call you? I can't call you Father. He goes, what? I said, what other name can I call you? He said, priest. I said, call me priest then. I go, Okay. And then I start to call him priest, and I hear, there's one, one mediator between man and God, the man Christ Jesus. You don't need to go through no priest. And I was like, really? And so then I couldn't say nothing. He finally looked at me and said, are you all right? And I said, well, yes, I think I'm all right. I just realized that I don't have to go through you. He goes, right? He said, what? And I said, I don't have to go through you because when Jesus died, the temple was ripped open and I no longer do I have to go through priests or through ceremonies. I said, I can just go straight to God. So I'm sorry I've taken up your time. And then I started to walk out and the Holy Spirit said, you know, you were Catholic for 32 years and you never accepted Jesus. He's not saved. And I went, really? So I walked back in and I said, mm. I took his hand and I said, you know, I was a Catholic for 32 years and I just asked Jesus into my heart about a month ago. So maybe you need to ask Jesus into your heart. Maybe you don't know Jesus either. And he just looked at me like, oh. And I said, that's all I have to say. And I left. But how many people 
or religious and think they're headed to heaven. Listen to me very carefully. How many people do you know here in this town that go to services every single day? And they go on, they go every Sunday, just like today. There are churches all over the place that are full of people representing today's death resurrection of Jesus. And they'll go out the door unsaved because they think they're going to heaven. They think they're going to heaven because they do this or they do that or they do this or they do that. And that's not how you get to heaven. There's only one way to heaven. As the songs we sing, he is the way. And unless we come, come to him like the man on the side of the cross saying, Jesus, let me be with you in paradise today into your kingdom. Unless we ask, and some places and some churches don't even have any, any idea that the people are just thinking they're going to heaven, and then when they die, this is a side story, and then I'm going to finish. But this side story, and I heard it on, on some TV show. There's a man that Jesus, God took him on a vision. An angel came to him. An angel came and took him to hell. He said, I'm taking you to hell so you can see something. So he had a vision of hell, and this angel was taking him there. And he, he was like, you know, in the air or whatever, however, it, however visions are. And he said, Crowd, hell was so full with people that they were crunched up against each other, just crunched up against each other. And there was this guy that was crawling across the top of him because it was so crowded that you couldn't walk through the people. He was like up on top of the people, and he was crawling across the top of all these hundreds of thousands of thousands of bodies. And he was grabbing... Men, only men, he'd grab men by their hair and pull their head back like this and look at their head and go like that. And then he'd go to another one and pull their head back and grab them by the hair and pull their head back. And he did it for a long time. And finally, the, the man that's in the vision says to the angel, what is that man doing? Why is he going through hell, jumping all over the top of people, pull, pulling their heads back? He said, he's looking. I said, what is he looking for? The man said, what is he looking for? He's looking for the pastor and the ministers that never told him the truth. That's why the rest of the world needs to read their Bible, because you cannot trust. Now, I'm not saying that to pick on pastor, because pastor, make sure you all saved. But there's denominations that don't know the truth, don't know the truth at all. And nobody's warning them. And we're here today to say to every one of you, we're speaking truth today. Where's the keyboard guy? Oh, keyboard. I forgot your name. Sorry. Just start playing it soft. Because I feel the Holy Spirit doing a switch. Go with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Paul got the revelation. You can start playing anytime so soft. It's for when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the what? Anybody reading with me? Christ died for the what? What? Let me hear it. Christ came and died for the ungodly. 
well, then we all qualify. Because even if you're a Christian, I'm sure every now and then you do something ungodly. Because I still every now and then do something ungodly. Mostly road rage. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, you know, when I have to drive in bumper-to-bumper traffic, I sometimes just turn into a different person. Especially when I'm waiting for a parking spot for a long time and waiting for this car to pull out so I can have that parking spot. And about the time they pull out, somebody just sees me waiting and goes, and I went. So we all have. We're not there yet. But thank God that we still can ask God to forgive us every time we mess up. So he died for the ungodly. For scarcely a righteous man would one dare die, yet perhaps a good man may die for someone which many of them have in the military. They've died. They've shed their blood. They've lost their legs. They've ended up blind. And they're called vets. And some of them have died. And they've died to save us and our country. So some will die. But God demonstrated his love towards us. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the raft through him. Believe me when I say this. There is a raft. There is a hell. There is a heaven. And God is trying to save us. He wants to make sure that we are in the family of God and that we will be protected, not just in hell to keep us from hell, but there's going to be some things coming to the United States. There's going to be some things coming to the world. And if you've got a hold of Jesus' hand, and if you have a hold of Jesus' hand, you don't have to ever be worried. You follow? My Bible says the righteous shall never be forsaken, nor is seed baked for bread. So you're not going to starve to death because God's, God will have a raven come feed you. God will protect you if somebody tries to kill you. If you learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, you will not be anywhere where there's a bombing or a shooting, or your kids won't go to school that day because you'll hear the Holy Spirit say, make your children stay home today. Because when you hold on to God and you get to hear the, the voice of God, he will protect you if you listen to him. It's like sometimes when, you know, when I was little, you know, Joni, don't go do that. Well, sometimes Joni was disobedient and went and did it and then fall and hurt myself, fall out of the tree. And how many times did I, was I told, don't climb trees? No, I got to do my own thing. And God's trying to warn us. Because he loves us so much and he cares so much for us. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much born, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice. In God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have received redemption. For Christ loves us so much that he came to set us free. To set us free because all of us have sinned and all of us have missed it. 
And if anybody ever says they haven't sinned, they're in trouble. One time I was witnessing to a young teenager, and he was dressed really weird. And I said, you need Jesus. He goes, I don't need Jesus. He says, I'm perfect. I said, what do you mean? He says, I've never sinned. I said, then you're in serious trouble. He goes, what do you mean, lady? I said, the only other person that never sinned was Jesus. So if you've never sinned, get ready to be crucified. He goes, well, no, I guess I've sinned. He was just being a smart mouth. But you know what? That smart mouth, 15 minutes later, was praying and asking Jesus into his heart. Because you don't go by what they do. Thank God Jesus still said, forgive them, no matter what they do. So we've all sinned. Go with me to 623. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. This morning, this beautiful morning, today, here in Nebraska, 22 degrees. I'm getting to go home to Florida tomorrow. To 50 degrees. But I'm only there two days and then I'm off to Pennsylvania, which will be probably five inches of snow. What I'm saying is this beautiful day, today, right here, right now, God is offering you a gift. He's offering every single one of you a gift. Now you have a choice. It's not your sins that keep you from heaven. Believe me, it's not your sins that keep you from heaven. It's your choices that keep you from heaven. You can choose Jesus or you can reject Jesus. You see, two men were on the cross. One rejected Jesus. One received Jesus. And when they both died, they all died. Within seconds of them dying, they were both in paradise. And Jesus said, I got some business to take care of, young man. I'll be back later. And he went on to do what he needed to do. And that man that was on the cross came forward to new life in paradise because heaven, he couldn't go to heaven yet because Jesus hadn't. And then shortly after, they were all raised up because that was a whole bunch of people were seen all over the place. And God will raise you up. He'll raise you up. And we'll all be together again in heaven. So you don't want to sin. You want to let God take you. Turn with me to Romans. It's just a couple of little things you have to do. You just have to believe. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in the finished work of the cross of Calvary. Believe that Jesus came to earth as a man, humbled himself and became obedient and went to the cross, took the pain, took the shame, and came out triumphant. And when he said it was finished, he saw you. He saw you. And he saw thousands and thousands of people coming into the kingdom one day we'll all be worshiping Jesus. I don't know what it'll be like, but I, I, I picture it that we'll have our hands up and we'll be singing, oh, worthy is the lamb. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the lamb. 
Thank you, Jesus. I'm here in heaven worshiping with you and the angels because I made the right choice. I'm here worshiping with you because on an Easter Sunday morning in Nebraska, I said yes, and faith rose in my heart, and I accepted you as my Savior. For if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That's saved from hell. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. It, you will never be embarrassed about the decision you make. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. And for the rest of you here today, I want to read on. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent, as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. God wants the rest of us that are already saved to take this very serious and say, it's my time, not just on Easter Sunday, to take my feet to the nursing homes or to a friend, to here, to there. Your feet don't preach the gospel, but your feet get you there. And then you take your mouth and you share the love of Jesus. You share Jesus' heart. Praise you, Jesus. Mm. Praise you, Jesus. I'm waiting on the Holy Spirit for a second. I need somebody to move this. I'm not a singer. I only do this when the Holy Spirit tells me to. And I really don't really like doing it. <clears throat> I want you to play something you've never played before. <clears throat> and I'm going to sing something I, I don't know what yet. But the Holy Spirit is telling me.
make you one with me for all eternity. I love you so, I love you so. I took the pain, the pain, the pain, the pain to make you free. I took the cross, the cross to set you free. So you can live with me throughout eternity. I paid the price to make you free. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. I'll wash you clean. Come to me. Worship him. Come to me. Come to me. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and maybe you've been backslidden, you know what? Some, some of us need to get closer to God than ever before. And some of us need to reaffirm our commitment to Jesus this morning. Maybe you prayed and asked Jesus in your heart 10 years ago, 15 years ago. That you need to reaffirm it today. Acknowledge that you need him. And then some of you haven't ever. So right now, if you are not 100% sure if you would be in heaven, you do not want to play around with your life. Because we don't know when Jesus could come again. Could be any time. So if you're not sure, wave your hand at me. Wave your hand right now. Anybody? I see your hand. I see your hand. Come on. I see your hand. I see your hand. Don't play games with God today. I've seen five hands. I've seen six hands. Seven hands. If you're not sure, I'd rather have, even if you prayed this before. You know, sometimes you pray it at a church or on an altar, but you didn't really mean it with all your heart. You kind of just at that moment decided the emotions got you. Raise your hand if you want to reaffirm your life today. Some of you have accepted Jesus, but you want to reaffirm it. There's seven that were first-timers. Come on up right now, all of you that raise your hand. Come on up. And those of you that want to reaffirm it, some of you are saying, you know, I've not been living like a Christian like I should. So I'm going to make a declaration today to God. I'm going to come forward across the front. I'm going to come forward today and stand there and reaffirm, just like some people get married and then 12 years later they reaffirm their marriage vows or they reaffirm their marriage vows 50 years later. Some of you need to reaffirm and say, from this day forward, I'm not going to act like I do anymore. I'm going to start living the Christian life. I'm not going to play games with God anymore. I'm going to be the Christian God wants me to be. Now, there's some of you here that need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Because when Jesus rose from the dead, 
He told his disciples, don't go do anything until you are filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, he told them before he even died, but he reminded them again. And just before he ascended to heaven, he blew on them, received the Holy Spirit, but they hadn't received it yet till the day of Pentecost. We're living in an hour and a day where you will not make it if you do not know how to hear the voice of God. And the way you get to hear the voice of God is being filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you start speaking in tongues, then your spirit gets built up. So if you want the infilling of the Holy Spirit, come on up right now. Come on up right now. If you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit and you want that gift, today I told you God is giving out gifts. God is giving out gifts this morning. He's giving the gift of salvation. He's giving the gift of being filled with the Holy Spirit. If you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, come on up right now. I want everybody else in the church to stay in a prayer mode. Just stay in a prayer mode. And I want everybody in this church to pray this. Close your eyes, all of you that are up here. And everybody in the church, pray this. Father in heaven, I know I'm a sinner. And I am sorry for my sins. And I appreciate that your son died on the cross for me. I thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross, for taking all the pain, taking all the shame for me. I have sinned. Wash away my sin. Help me not to sin anymore. I don't want to keep sinning. Help me. Dear Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. I will follow you, serve you, and love you all the days of my life. Thank you for saving me. I'm on my way to heaven now because of you. Now, Father in heaven, I am asking for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repeat what I'm saying. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to come inside of me. Jesus, you are the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire. As an act of faith, I will let the Holy Spirit come live inside of me and fill me to overflowing. As an act of faith, I'll let you use my mouth and my tongue to speak a new language. Though my mind won't understand it, I'm receiving this by faith. So fill me, Holy Spirit, right now. Just start speaking in tongues. Just start speaking in tongues. Go ahead. Put your hands up to the Lord. Just put your hands up to the Lord. Jesus. Go ahead. If you don't, if you don't worry about it. Okay. 
Jesus, go ahead. Go ahead, let me hear you. That's it. Keep let me hear you. That's it. You got it, honey. You got it. Yeah. You got it now. Let it go. Holy Spirit's all over you. Let it come out. Catch her. Catch her. Let it come out. Let it come out. There it is. There it is. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. You keep doing it. You got filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep doing it. You won't understand it. Keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Yeah, you got it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Try. Try. Jesus. Let your know. Go ahead. Let me hear you. Let me hear you. Jesus. Go ahead. Speak in tongues. Go ahead. Start speaking in tongues. More. More. Keep doing it. Go ahead, speak in tongues. Go ahead. Go ahead. Start speaking in tongues. Just go ahead. It won't, you, won't, you won't understand it at all. Just relax. Just relax. That's it. Just relax. It'll, yeah, that's it. That's it. You're getting it. You're getting it. That's okay. Just relax. You got it. Keep going. Keep going. Everybody in the church pray in the spirit for a little bit. Keep doing it. You got it. Just You got a little bit. Just keep going. You got it. Jesus. Go ahead. Speak in tongues. You got to do it. God won't make your mouth move. You have to do it. Okay, keep doing it. Keep doing it. That's it. Keep going. Keep going. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Go ahead. Let me hear you. Catch her. Let's give the Lord. Let's give the Lord a big praise report. Let's give a hand to all these people that just got filled with the Holy Spirit, accepted Jesus. What a day. What a day. Welcome. Welcome into the family of God. Welcome. Let's give them a hand as they go back to their seats. And right now, do you remember that I said that Jesus paid the price for everything? Everything. So if you're sick in body right now, and you believe that by his stripes you are healed, come up right now. Anyone sick in body? It won't take very long. Anyone sick in body? Come on up. I don't want you going home sick. I, and, if you, and if you have a serious problem that you need God to deal with, come on up. Even if you're not sick, maybe your marriage is falling apart. Maybe you're about ready to lose your house. But if you need something from God this morning, we have an open heaven. If you need a marriage problem fixed, a financial problem fixed, whatever you need. Because Jesus said, asking you shall receive, seeking you shall find, knock and the door shall be open. 
He said when he looked at the fig tree and the apostles saw that it was withered up, he said, whatsoever you say and you believe those things you say, you will have them. Have faith in God. That's what he said. Have faith in God. And whatever you say and you believe that you're going to receive it, you will have it. So I'm going to have each of you put your hands up to the Lord. And I want you to tell God what you want. I don't need to hear it. You don't have to have your neighbor hear it. You just whisper it. Need healing for this. Need my marriage fixed. Need finances. Whatever you need. We have an open heaven this morning. Ask right now. Ask right now. Put your hands up to the Lord. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. See them as little hungry, hungry for more of you. Hungering for more of you. They're asking you, Almighty God. They're asking you, Almighty God, for a miracle. And Jesus, you are the miracle worker. You are the miracle worker. Put your eyes on Jesus. Just see Jesus on the cross. Just visualize Jesus on the cross, hanging on the cross for you, paying the price for you to answer your prayer right now. Anointing of the Holy Spirit, touch her right now. Catch her. Touch her right now in Jesus' name. Father, let, grant, that, grant that to him right now in Jesus' name. Grant it. In Jesus' name, God, give it to her, whatever she wants. Give it to her, Lord. That's all right. It's okay. Jesus, just touch her. Touch her. Touch her. Touch her. That was just the presence of God. You don't need to be afraid of it. Jesus, touch her. Touch her right now. There it is. God said, I'm answering your prayer. And this is a prayer. Listen, the Holy Spirit is speaking to me about you. This is a prayer you've been asking God for a long time. And you have not had your answer for a long time. And you were starting to get weary. Like, God, are you ever going to answer it? Are you ever going to answer it? He says, this morning. This morning. Jesus. Jesus. All the way through your body right now. It's like electricity going through your body right now. More, more Holy Spirit, more. There it is. Receive it. Jesus, Jesus, the presence of the Lord is here. So strong. Touch your Lord, Jesus. Jesus is touching you right now. Healing you too. And granting your prayer request. There it is. There it is. Jesus. Jesus. The anointed Jesus is touching you. See Jesus. Like the man with the issue of blood. I mean, like the lady with the issue of blood. She said, if I may just touch him. Touch Jesus. Just touch Jesus. With your heart. There it is. There it is. Just touch Jesus. One drop of Jesus' blood. One drop of his blood. There it is. Just one drop of Jesus' blood. Just receive it. Just receive your miracle. The Holy Spirit's all over you. 
One drop of Jesus' blood. There it is. Receive it. Touch him. Touch him. Touch him. When you touch him, he touches you. Reach up and touch Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. More, Holy Spirit. More. Is there anyone else that needs prayer? How many of you can feel the presence of God? Raise your hand if you can feel the presence of God. Are you glad you came to church today? I'm glad you came to church today, but there's something I'm even happier about than you coming to church. Although I'm very happy you came to church. I'm very happy that Jesus came to church today and that Jesus visited us. That Jesus, his presence is here. There are angels here. And Jesus is looking right now. Just touch, reach up and close your eyes and touch him. Holy Spirit, I ask that you touch each and every person. And you help every single person here. I want you to say this. Father in heaven, help me to live the Christian life, to be more like you. Help me to pick up my cross and follow you and be the Christian you want me to be. Let a fresh anointing from heaven stir in me. And use me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Father loves you. He cares so much for you and for me. Amen. I'm really thankful that you came this morning. And it's my heart's desire that every day from now on, Spend time with Him. Cry out to Him. Express your love and thank Him. You know, when you go to bed tonight, thank Him for what He did in your life today. When you get up in the morning, thank Him for blessing you and your family. Amen? Amen. We'd like to, before we dismiss, this is how we do it at Harvest Church. When we have a guest minister, they come by faith. And... The Bible talks about offerings, and so what we want to do is receive a love offering. Everyone say love offering because we love her and the gift that she has. I want you to just bless her.